Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. My hands dipped in the tide pools so gently I barely made a ripple. I didn't want to disturb the little minnows and the penny-sized hermit crabs skittering back and forth over the wet, tanned sand, making the most delicate of trails behind them. Little barnacles smaller than my fingernails thrived on the few rocks at the bottom, a foot or so down, earnestly trying to filter food from the water. I could feel all this life swirling around my fingers as I held them there. Nothing compared to this sensation of knowing I could wreck it, but absolutely certain I never would. I had chosen a quiet time for the beach in what was already the quieter part of the season, the tourists waning off as the weather grew colder. I had already picked up some of their trash and thrown it away into the beach's garbage bins with a clang from how hard I'd thrown it. Careless people. I'd written to the town complaining about their garbage several times, and while they increased fines, nothing much had changed to actually deter tourists from doing it. There was even music playing faintly. Someone must have had a boombox, of all things, going. Though I couldn't see anyone where I was, all the cops cared about in this town was writing parking tickets and cleaning up graffiti. I didn't expect everyone to share my love for the beach, but the least they could do was look after themselves. What happened to self-responsibility today? I couldn't solely blame kids or teenagers either. Plenty of folks my age were selfish too. I took my hands out, remembering how it hadn't always been like this. It wasn't just nostalgia clouding my vision either. I had photos of those days, faded now set in frames I had since I was a kid. I sighed as I got up and brushed sand off my knees. What was the point? I could be angry all I wanted. I mean, what would it change? And I started walking down the beach, not really paying attention to where I was going. I'd explored a lot by myself as a kid, but as I got older, I'd come with friends, until a lot of them moved away, or just plain lost interest. Even my family had left, and I'd never had a wife or kids. I'd never felt all that important. Being outdoors, on my own, the wind on my skin and the sun at my back were enough company most times. It wasn't yet time for the tide to come in, but I knew it wasn't too long before it was coming. The waves lapped over my old boots, dulling my prints in the sand as soon as I made them. I looked for fish jumping but there were far fewer than there used to be. I stepped around the tangled masses of seaweed, knotted and snarled like rope, smelling like something dead. There usually were a few poor animals caught among them, little crabs and other creatures washed up and dashed against the sand. The waves were unforgiving, especially at high tide. 
As I tried to ignore the scent of decay, I caught a stronger odor of death, of rot and salt mixed pungently together. Was it something big? It wasn't the time of year for seals, and whales didn't tend to migrate here. I kept walking, and I saw a bigger shape, half hidden by seaweed. Grimacing, I carefully stepped over to check. Careful not to slip or get tripped on the tangled dark green tendrils. But what I saw wasn't any kind of seal or whale. The carcass, about two feet long, had glazed over fish eyes. Layers of long, slimy fins, coils of scales that still held a hint of iridescence but had mostly gone gray and muddy brown. Long, needle-like teeth such as an angler fish might have, slotted nostrils, but the angles of the creature's face were almost human. I realized what else disturbed me. No insects were feasting on it, no sand flies, no flies or other little beach scavengers. Not even seagulls came close. I peered closer and realized that there was a rusted chain of some sort caught around its neck. I grimaced in sympathy. I can only imagine how it had suffocated to death. But I could hear the music again, louder this time, with a sharper, more minor tune. I'd still seen no one else. I don't think the bizarre dead thing counted, and it didn't have a speaker near it. I scratched the stubble on my chin, unsure what to do. I didn't want to get a disease from the thing, but it felt wrong somehow just to leave it as it was, even if it was some sort of mutated eel or something. I put on my gloves I kept in one of my cargo pants pockets for picking up litter and grabbed some more seaweed dropping it over the dead thing until it was fully covered and only the smell remained. I kept walking even though part of me wanted to go back. The wind was picking up as the tide came closer to coming in and the tide pools I now passed. Most of the little creatures had burrowed into the sand or retreated into their shells. The music was getting louder and I still had no damn idea where it was coming from. I could make out now, and it was quite beautiful, some sort of wordless keening, but with good pitch and rhythm. It seemed to get into my bones, made me nod my head along to its beat despite the strangeness of it. Did it really matter where it was coming from, though? I mean, at least it sounded good. It helped me take my mind off that carcass. I wondered if I should report it or not. What could the authorities do, really? It wasn't garbage or an oil spill, though maybe it was some kind of pollution that had made it look so warped. The water lapped higher around my boots, up to my knees, through my pants, and I looked down to nearly fall over as I stumbled away from it in my haste. For a moment, just a moment, it had been full of eyes, wide fish-like eyes staring at me. Sliding against my clothes, so slimy I could feel their jelly soaking in through my skin, clinging to me. I patted my pants frantically, but aside from some dampness from the water, they were normal. Everything was fine. Was I hallucinating? Had the corpse been my imagination too? No, 
I hadn't imagined that smell or that creature, but what could this be except for a faulty mind? The sand in this part of the beach was different, I noticed. White instead of tan. I hadn't remembered it being this way, but I also hadn't been this far down in a long time. Most people don't come here at all. Where it was rockier and more seaweed piled, where the currents could be more treacherous. And part of me wanted a way deeper, but I knew how unwise that was. I could get dashed against the craggy rocks I knew lay several feet below the surface. They were massive, and had been known to cause injuries in swimmers or cause boats to capsize. A strong gust whipped some seaweed aside and I almost jumped again, but made myself hold fast. No use in panicking like an idiot. And then I almost stopped breathing. Another corpse, like the other one, only several feet longer, only this time. It had arms and a definitely almost human face. If any human had massive gills, barnacles encrusting their lips and brows, long trailing fins and filmy webbing between their hands. If any human had ever had suckers for fingers and feelers coming out of their mouth. I wouldn't throw up, but I felt like I could. I'd seen things just as awful on cleanups from animals rescued from fishing nets, cutting them out myself or with help from others, and I forced myself to breathe again, slowly, calmly. I would not panic. But who would I call for help anyway? At least the thing was dead, I mean, it couldn't hurt me. It didn't look all that suited to moving on land anyway. Now that the shock had passed, aside from the stench, I felt a little bit better. It was all tangled up in its own long body and tail. A mess of a thing, actually kind of pitiful and deaf. I couldn't cover this one in seaweed. It would take too long. I didn't know what I should do, and the music was loud enough now that it felt like it was being blasted mere feet away. Maybe I was having hallucinations, or maybe I was dreaming. But I went back into the surf to go splash myself with water, feeling that would confirm it. And something reached up and yanked me below. My wide eyes stung with the salt as I thrashed, pulled downward so hard I couldn't resist, trying to keep my mouth shut as bubbles swirled around me and the music was so loud it blocked out any sound, tearing through my skull like claws. I was hauled, gasping onto a rocky, slimy surface as I struggled to see anything, my vision blurry. As the music faded into a dull murmur, I came back to my senses, seeing a low ceiling dimly lit by some sort of glowing moss. I blinked in the same eyes from before, looking out of the stone itself. But it was my surroundings that unsettled me more as I unsteadily got to my feet, shaking a little from the shock of the water and the rough treatment. Where the hell was I? Where was whatever had dragged me here? I couldn't see anything now except for the eyes, unblinking, fish-like, just like both of the bodies I had found earlier. What did they want from me? Were they angry? Curious? I felt myself growing irritated despite my fear. 
It wasn't like my situation could get any worse. Where am I? I said gruffly. Why couldn't you have just asked? Though, as I said it, I realized I likely wouldn't have believed it was happening, or else would have been too wary. No sane person lets themselves be dragged beneath the waves by something that they don't know. The eyes all rolled to look in the same direction. A passage lit by the moss going deeper into the rock, away from the water I'd crawled out of. I contemplated trying to swim back to shore for a moment, but I had no idea if I'd make it. If these creatures would just try to shove me back, they seemed reluctant to show themselves fully, but that didn't mean they were incapable of it. Maybe if I went along with whatever this was, I could get back to the shore alive. It was the best chance I had. I took a deep breath and started walking, one foot in front of the other. My steps were the only noise in the passage aside from the low keening. It was still strangely beautiful, but now I wondered, what was the point of it? A trap? A call for help? Were these the sirens of old stories? The moss's glow got brighter as I plodded along the passage, dripping wet. At least I stopped being able to see my breath. It got warmer as I went deeper, the gradual slant of the stone angled downward. The walls themselves seemed to expand and contract, as if they were somehow alive, as if I was inside a body. Though there weren't any eyes watching me now, I came across bones set into the walls. Skulls, fingers, and what looked like the delicate bones of fish fins I'd seen in natural history museums. Why hadn't they been buried? Why keep them in such a morbid display? I noticed that the skulls were set with bright shells in the eyes, with seaweed perhaps meant to be fins, hanging from some of the fragile bones. I shuddered. Were they trying to pretend their dead were alive? And why was it getting warmer? Hell, even hot. I was grateful for the lack of chill, but it made the hairs on my neck stand on end more than anything else so far. This made no sense. I was surely deep beneath the ocean now, surrounded by crushing water outside this passage. But how could this be? The rock grew slimier beneath my feet, the moss glowing brighter still. The passage opened up into a cavern aglow with moss and covered with white sand. I realized, as I saw the skulls set along the path I was meant to walk, that the sand was all that remained of the long dead. I saw eroded plastic remains, metal scrap, and other human objects laid alongside, like strange grave markers. Were those their causes of death? Did these things hate humans? Was I going to be sacrificed somehow? I set my shoulders, looked ahead. I would not be frightened. I'd always done only what I could do. I wouldn't be held responsible for the mistakes of others. Besides, what choice did I have but to go on anyway? What choice did they have? But why had they done this? These people? I'd no choice but to accept they were people. More terrifying, though, that was. So obsessed with death. 
yet they had let me live when I could have drowned. I walked onward, now sweating from the heat. The music I had heard the whole time became another sound, a deep thrumming beat I felt in my bones as it pulsed in my ears. I reached the cavern's center and stopped, and I could walk no further. Not because I was barred by any obstacle, but because I was utterly consumed by what I saw. A third creature like the others. This one was alive. This one was music. I don't know how else to describe it. Its scaly flesh rippled and the keening came and went in rhythms like breath, inhaling and exhaling. Its gleaming fish eyes slid to focus on me with the sound of a single clear note. They felt expectant. There were no demands made of me, no message, no signs. There was only this creature. There were only the eyes and the walls again, the staring skulls. And I realized I was not getting out. That even if I wasn't killed, there was no escape. That even if there had been escape, I couldn't return and live normally again, knowing all of this lay below the surface. Would I always hear this music? I looked at my hand. It too was rippling, beginning to sound with the keening. And I knew why I was here. I closed my eyes, the glow of the cavern still shining through my closed lids. I knelt into the sand of bones, feeling my body warp as my flesh turned in on itself. I knew what I was going to become.